Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money, you are excited. Let's go. I am. I'm pumped. I'm it's fired been a few up. since we were together. It is. It's been a while. It's been a while. What are you? Uh, what are you doing this summer? What, what's interesting? Uh, what am I doing? What are you doing? What are you watching any TV shows? Oh, or anything? I've been watching TV. You know, because you recommended a TV show <laughs> to me, and I don't actually watch. I don't sit down and watch TV ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for folks who've been listening to the podcast for a while now, uh, I cycle, but a lot of my cycling is indoors on the trainer early in the morning before the kids wake up so that I have family time. So like Netflix or whatever else or cycling documentaries, whatever, I watch those on the trainer bright yeah. and early in the morning in the garage. Uh, but I can binge through a ton in like a three-ish hour workout right so you recommended on uh hulu right on hulu yep, hulu mm-hmm. the bear which sounds so like <laughs> abstract tomorrow night one night only watch dewey the wrestling bear attack me and- uh but fantastic because it's about restaurants i love restaurants i got yeah, my it's career about cooking right start in real restaurants and cooking so i love that and it's in chicago where i grew up there you go hits home yeah, so so, so most people probably don't know that you started out in restaurants, and yeah. you were like actually a line cook, right? You were yeah, on I was. The... I was training to be a chef. Um, started a little bit of culinary school, worked in some restaurants, and then just yeah, decided. Actually, I really did enjoy it, uh, but looking at the trajectory of life, it just wasn't for me. Um, for wanting to, you know have a family and you can have a family and, and do that but it's just late nights and yeah it's just different and it's not the life that i particularly wanted to to live it just didn't line up with my goals so I but that changed. is a great show it's intense and there's intense. a lot of language um it's really good it is it is really good and uh it, i bet it's good for cycling because it's just like I'm watching on the couch and my heart's like beating out of my chest because yeah, everything's craziness in a kitchen. You don't realize that. But now that I watched The Bear, and actually, it's weird. Your wife said she watched it, told me that. I started watching it, then told you I watched it, and now you're mm-hmm. watching it. So maybe you should just talk to your wife. She has good recommendations for yeah, shows. We don't always share what we're watching because <laughs> we end up not watching TV together. I mean, we watch probably over the course of a week. We will watch TV together for 40 minutes maybe. 40 minutes over the course of a week because there's two nights a week where I don't have an early morning workout and I can get through about 20 to 30 minutes yeah. of television after the kids go to bed before I'm just you're totally toast. zonked. Yeah, you're so the, the humor is like an hour episode of well, like Ted Lasso, right? It's like 55 minutes or something uh-huh. like that. Oh my gosh. It takes me two or three sittings. <laughs> <laughs> she hates it to get through an episode because... I'll stop it at like some really intense part. I'm like, ah, I gotta go to bed. I'm falling asleep. Okay, all right. I see what's going on here. Fair. Yeah, so. I uh, I just pass out. Well, now my wife is in PA school, so there's no TV in our house. Basically, I, yeah, it's yeah, rough. It's uh, it's intense now. But Bear, great show. Moving on. Yeah. Next, our Do sponsor. the housekeeping. Yeah. Yeah, a little housekeeping action. Our sponsor, Jewel Financial. 
we do powerful planning for people. Um, we're doing financial plans for people all over the country. So feel free to reach out to us. Check out our website, uh, jewelfinancial.com, and you can see on our wealth development page a little video I put together talking about what the wealth development program is, who it's intended for. There's an application down below where you can fill out, give us some uh, some idea of who you are, and then we can figure out how to best help and serve you moving forward. All right, from there, let's go ahead and get into our question for the day. All right, we got a good one. What do you got? DIY! Hey, DIY Money Team. So um, I'm thinking of setting up a regular brokerage account for the first time this year since I've maxed out my retirement accounts. And given that it's been a turbulent year for the economy, uh, tax loss harvesting has suddenly gotten a little bit more appealing to me. Um, The brokerage account I'm looking at has automatic rebalancing and also gives me the option to choose to allocate an amount to municipal bonds. They only give the option on national municipal bonds, but California residents get a special option for California bonds instead. As a resident, I understand that California bonds have a huge tax benefit, but given I've just learned my state hasn't been managing its deficit all too well this year and is going to have to fund a lot of uh, institutional-related and infrastructure-related damage, uh, is it risky to choose California this time versus national bonds? Your advice would be greatly appreciated. Thanks. All right. So there's a lot to that question. Opening up a brokerage account kind of for the first time after retirement accounts. Yeah. Municipal bonds versus government bonds, all kinds of stuff there. Which, by the way, opening up a brokerage account after you've maxed out your other retirement savings, or if you just have a goal that's non-retirement related, is an awesome DIY money step um, that people often overlook or don't think about. Yeah. Uh, It sounds... So to people who do that and are like, why wouldn't you do that? It sounds trivial, but understand that not everybody is that far in their financial journey and doesn't yet know that. Like that's that that's the next step that you can do. Uh, in fact, we run into that a lot with younger investors who are just starting out, things like that. That they just they don't yet know that. Uh, yeah, everybody has to learn sometime, right? That a taxable we, account is the we way to grow up. Here, next oh, step: put money into your retirement accounts. Put mm-hmm. money into your retirement accounts. Some people don't even know that there is such thing as a taxable brokerage account or a joint investment account or something like that. Yeah. So I just want to like commend people who take that next step. And one, if you have been listening to the podcast for, you know, just a little bit and you didn't realize that, like, that's okay. Like the next step in your financial journey is, is that then. And, uh, we're here for people of all sort of, um, steps along the financial journey and, and for all, uh, steps of their learning process. So great. All right. Well, let's break down a little bit of the second part of that question of, municipal bonds versus government bonds. And kind of my first initial thought is, well, what is the goal of this brokerage account? Because if you're thinking about putting bonds in there, maybe that's a shorter term goal, like putting uh, getting a down payment on a house or something along those lines. And that can factor into the decisions of what you should put into it. Yeah, your allocation should really line up with your overall goals uh, and your risk tolerance and your risk temperament. So let's break those down really quick. When you allocate, you're allocating into something that has price movement, which is called volatility. So stocks move up and down uh, with volatility, and you're kind of, in a way, paid back for that volatility and or risk with um, uh, price appreciation over time or dividends or interest in the case of bonds. Uh, so we can think about it. The Technically speaking, 
the more volatile an asset is, the more potential it should have for gains in the long run. I'm not saying that is certainly true. There are no guarantees. But in a perfect world, in theory, if something moves up and down a lot and you have to stomach a big roller coaster uh, of highs and lows, then in the long run, in theory, you should be paid for that. You should generate some returns. And this is why like growth stocks or highly speculative stocks have the potential for significant losses, but the potential sometimes for significant returns. And it's why a bond is a little bit more uh, stodgy. You get paid a set amount of interest. They probably are not going to move up and down necessarily a whole lot in a normal functioning uh, market environment, but you're going to get a steady stream of income. Stodgy. Used pejoratively, out of fashion, old-fashioned. And so what you do when you develop an allocation portfolio is you put a mix of these assets in there that aligns with kind of your timeline and your goals and sort of the risk that uh, the level of like price movement in the account that you're willing to take and see, which is your risk temperament. But also you have to look at the goal that you have in mind. So let's say you have a goal that's five or 10 or 20 years out. And then you have to look at the risk tolerance of that goal. So if your goal is say 10 or 20 years out, and we know that a portfolio that's say 80, 20 has the potential historically to move up and down a certain amount. How much can your goal tolerate those up and down moves between now and 20 years from now? So tolerance, temperament, allocation, risk, volatility, that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But you got to think through those things. So bonds, when you're adding bonds in a portfolio, um, you're adding them to sort of create a stream of income that is less volatile than stocks, dividend stocks, um, growth stocks, which have income, but they keep that income and reinvest in the business, et cetera. What do you want to add to that? What did I miss? No, I think that's great. It's a great way to describe it and to understand kind of what is your allocation? What is the purpose for an account or for a portion of money that is getting put into an account? That's really important to think about before you start investing in a certain account. The same way that goes with retirement accounts. If you're putting money into a retirement account and putting an allocation in there, what is your purpose for that money? So this is why, and we talk about age is not the only determinator of what your allocation is. But as people get closer to retirement age, they typically scale back their aggressiveness because the goal is now closer. Retirement is closer. They're going to be starting to draw money out of that account. So you start scaling back the risk. Getting back to kind of the question of having two types of bonds that you're trying to decide in. If someone said, I'm trying to decide between this bond or that bond, the first question I would say is, okay, well, what is the goal of this money? And talking about a California municipal bond versus a federal bond. Daniel, break down those a little bit. Which I'm assuming we're talking about funds, right? I would assume we're talking about like a California municipal bond fund I would versus imagine. a diversified U.S. all municipal bond fund, which is typically what you see. Because if we were talking about individual bonds, you could buy an individual municipal bond from anywhere, including like the state, local, whatever. So... I'm going to work with the assumption under this question that we're talking about like an ETF or a mutual fund that only invests in California. Because when you go on to most platforms, you will see like US municipal bond fund, and then you'll typically see like California, um, New York, and certain things like that. So uh, the reason why that you might invest in in some of these particular funds, uh, one, typically people will invest in municipal 
bonds specifically either because there is a good opportunity for interest rate return on these, that the interest rates are at a good place compared to other bonds. It could be one reason. More often than not, people will invest in municipal bonds because of the tax advantages of them. So when you invest in municipal bonds, you don't have to pay federal income tax on that. When you invest in municipal bonds for the state that you live in, then you don't have to pay typically state tax on that, right? So uh, we are here in Kentucky. So if we buy Kentucky municipal bonds, we don't have to pay federal income tax on that. And by owning Kentucky municipal bonds, we don't have to pay state income tax on that. I'm also looking at the CPA to make sure she's not like about to throw anything at me. <laughs> she's off to the side. Um, this is totally a tax question. I don't know why we don't have the CPA on here. Anyhow, so California, a fairly high tax state, fairly populated. They create ETFs and, and mutual funds that cater to folks in that state so that you can basically get tax-free income. Now, some people are probably saying, well, why wouldn't we put all of our bond money in there if I can get a yield that's completely tax-free? And the caveat being is that the yield is typically slightly lower than um, higher or uh, than other bond funds that you did would pay normal taxes on. So right. municipal bonds usually have a different yield. So you have to look at the effect, um, the uh, effective, the tax adjusted effective yield. There's a certain term yes, for this tax factor adjusted yield. And um, that's not the exact term. And I'm blanking on what the exact term is, but you have to take your tax rate, your U S tax rate and your state tax rate, right. And apply that to the yield that you see on the municipal fund and see if that is better or worse than say, a U.S. Treasury bond fund right. or something like that. Right. Because if it's still less, if you're in a lower tax bracket, it may not actually be a better option for you than other bond funds. Right. Uh, for people in higher tax brackets, it does usually make a potentially a significant difference and might be something that you want to consider. Now, we can't make a recommendation for any one specific person. I think you really have to do your homework and understand the difference between a municipal and a non-municipal and also the difference in your tax rate uh, and how that's going to be applied in this situation. Yeah, it's good. The only other thing I'd add is you mentioned the risk of uh, California. If you're in a bond fund, I feel like there's not as much risk to maybe opening an individual, local, municipal bond, something like that. Yeah, I mean, the the general sort of pro, right, of, of buying any type of fund versus uh, an individual anything. So whether you buy an individual stock or an index fund, or you buy an individual bond versus a bond fund, is you're diversified across a couple different investments. So even in the California municipal, you'll probably have like California state bonds. And then I would assume that within that same fund, you'd have like California municipalities as well. And so even if the state, you know, runs into some issues, then you'll also have like some counties or something like that. It's not just going to be you know, three state bond funds that are, you know, would potentially default. But it goes back to you should do your homework and you should count the risk. And I love the fact that um, this particular listener is thinking through the, you know, the second and uh, tertiary risks of owning a particular bond fund, because most people just be like, oh, that sounds good. But yeah, there, there are risks associated with even really boring investments sometimes. And the fact that you think about that is smooth move. Good evening, Mr. Bob. All right, we're going to wrap it up there. Um, we got a question in, and we didn't say their name because they didn't say it on the question. Trudy. 
But we got a question in um, to podcast at DIYMoney.org. That's podcast at DIYMoney.org. Record your question on an audio file. Send it to that email one more time, podcast at DIYMoney.org. And we'll use it on the show. And this person will get a $25 Amazon gift card for sending in their question. We need questions. It's the summertime. I know it's not maybe the thing that's on the top of your brain, but send us in those questions and and get to hear yourself on the DIY Money Podcast. It's really great. And share it with your friends. And share it with your friends. Yeah. And give us a five-star review on on Apple Podcasts. That would be be great. All right, friends. Secret to Wealth is really very simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.